0: We're on the bottom of Lama on Vase 36B3 in the art Gemara. The Gemara just discussed uh, the halacha, the law that a person is not allowed to marry somebody who's pregnant, or they're also not allowed to marry somebody who is nursing. And again, the, the reasons behind these laws will be discussed in greater detail uh, in a few pages, in a few dopim. Uh, but what our... Our sugya, what our discussion was about, was not about the reasons behind the laws, but that what happens if somebody uh, violates this law. Let's say they do marry somebody who is pregnant, or they do marry somebody who is nursing. Rav Meir says that we have a knas, we have a fine for them, and they have to get divorced, and they have to get divorced, um, and they can never remarry. The Chacham say, they argue, and they say that no, they could, uh, they could remarry, but we make them get divorced. They require a divorce document. We make them get divorced, and then they could remarry after twenty-four months after giving birth, after she stops nursing, which is let's say uh, two years after she gives birth. Uh, so then they are allowed to remarry, but they would have to get divorced. So the Gemara now is going to ask a question according to the position of the Chacham who say that they could remarry after they get divorced, after if they wait uh, wait till two years after uh, she has a, a baby. Uh, the Gemara is going to ask a question. This question requires a lot of background, and so the Gemara gives, will give a lot of the background, and then after a few lines, they will then present their question. But essentially, before we see the Gemara inside, the Gemara will ask that it makes sense, and it's fine uh, if we say that they have to get divorced, and they could remarry if they were married to a Yisrael, if they were married to a non-Kohen. However, what will happen, is there any change whatsoever, if she was married to a Kohen? Because if she's married to a Kohen, the law is, is that somebody who's divorced is not allowed to marry a kohen. So let's say a kohen married somebody who's pregnant or somebody who's nursing. The chacham say that they have to get divorced, not just to separate, but they actually have to get divorced. There has to be a divorce document. And so they have to get divorced, but now there's no option for remarrying because the husband is a kohen. Uh, so do we say, uh, is there any difference? Is there any changes because the husband's a kohen and there's no opportunity for them uh, to get remarried? Uh, so, but first, the Gemara introduces a different scenario, which also might have a distinction between a Kohen and Israel. Yisrael, if the husband is a Kohen or a Yisrael. So, the Gemara says as follows: Rav Ashi says to Rav Hoshia, Breyder Vidi. Hashem Tanya, it's taught in a Brisa. The Brisa says as follows: That Ben Gamliel, Omer Kol Sheshah ba Adam la Yom eno nefel, Haloshah Svei uh, so they are discussing the following, uh, the following case of uh, a potential for yibum. We have a case where uh, the the husband passes away without any children. Uh, the wife uh, is pregnant and she gives birth. And so, if it's a healthy, viable baby, so then there's no need for yibum, and she can marry whoever she wants. However, if it is not a healthy baby, if it's what we refer to as a nefel, not a healthy baby. So then, she would require yibam or chalitza, and what happens? So we say that if the baby is able to survive for thirty days, if the baby is able to live for thirty days, so then we say it's for sure a viable baby, and and uh, she does not require yibam or khalitza, She can marry whoever she wants. However, if it is if the child does not survive thirty days, and Rashi points out that not only that does the child die within the first thirty days, uh, but it's also a case where it, the child did not. Uh, the pregnancy did not reach full term it did not reach full term and in addition to that the baby was not a healthy baby and died within uh, the first 30 days so then it's a suffix we're not sure at that in, in that situation we are not really sure whether or not it was from birth a healthy baby or maybe it was never a healthy baby either it was a healthy baby and it died for uh, other reasons or maybe it's not a he- it wasn't a healthy baby from birth and it was it was unfortunately destined to die uh, shortly after birth, and so therefore that would be viewed as a non-viable baby. It's really, we're not really sure. It's what we refer to as a suffolk. We're not sure whether or not it's viewed as a viable and healthy baby. So the Gemara says as follows, with regards to that law, again, this is all an introduction to the question, but with regards to that law, may um, specific social if we have a case where the infant died within the first 30 days, the umda what did the mother do? The mother went and she got engaged to somebody else, she got engaged to somebody. So then, Ravina says as follows, Ravina, <laughs> in the name of Rabbah. it's important to keep in mind, in the name of Rabbah, because we'll have somebody else, in the next line, say something, a different statement, to the name of Rabba. But Ravina says, in the name of Ravina, <laughs> so basically, she married somebody else. However, the case here, is where the infant died, within the first 30 days. So it's really not clear, whether she's allowed to marry somebody. She might have to first do, if the if the child, the baby, is not viewed uh, as a healthy baby. So then she would in fact have to. First do chalitsa or yibam Before she marries somebody. But she went and she married. She got engaged. halachically engaged to somebody else. So Rava says. This is what we should do. Uh, we should have. If she got married to a Yisrael. To a non-Kohen. So let her do chalitsa. It's not. You know. We're in a suffix situation here. Let her go ahead and do chalitsa. And if she married a Kohen, so then if she were to do Chalitza, that makes her rabbinically forbidden to the Kohen. So Ravina, Ravina says in the name of Ravah that you should not do Chalitza. In that scenario, we should not do Chalitza because if she did Chalitza, so then she can no longer stay with her current husband, with her husband who is a Kohen because there is a rabbinic prohibition to marry somebody who did, uh, who for a Kohen, to marry somebody who did Chalitza. Now, how is it possible that you just can't do chalitza? But it's a suffix, It's a questionable situation. There's a good chance that uh, the, the the infant is not was not healthy, and she has to do something. So how can we just say that she doesn't have to do anything? So the 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 idea behind it, as the Gemara will explain shortly, is that we presented only the position of Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. This is the position of Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. However, there there is also the position of the chachamim. The chachamim argue on Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, and the chachamim say. Uh, they are of the position that no, that we could follow, we could assume, uh, we could assume like the, statist- the statistical majority that the help the baby was for, at birth was a healthy baby. That this is a questionable scenario. We don't know in this situation, and because we don't know, we could follow. what We refer to as the rove, the statistical majority. is sti- the statistical majority is such that uh, most babies are healthy when they are born. And so the Chachamim, they argue and they say that even if uh, the baby dies within the first 30 days, uh, still we could assume that it was at birth at least a healthy and viable baby. And so even though we don't follow the position of the Chachamim in general, uh, so the logic of Rav is to say when it comes to if she were to marry a Kohen, if she were to marry a Kohen, so then we would follow the position of the Chachamim. We would follow the position of the Chachamim to say... Uh, that really was a healthy baby, and therefore she does not require chalitza. So it's not just, you know, we, we're left with an, a, a question, but we don't know whether or not it was a healthy baby or not, we don't know whether it requires chalitza or not, so we don't do chalitza, that's not what we're saying. We're saying we will follow the position of the Chachamim, who say that, uh, for sure, she does not require chalitza, but we will only follow that position of the Chachamim in what we refer to as a shah as in a situation of need, a real situation of need, because she married a Kohen, and she therefore... Uh, in order for her to stay married to the Kohen, she's not, she she cannot do chalitza. And that is the position of Ravina in the name of Rav. Rav Misharsha Mishmed Amar, Rav, Rav Misharsha in the name of Rava says, no, Achazu uh, Vachazu Rav Misharsha in the name of Rava says, no, there's no difference whether or not she married a Kohen or married Israel. She has to do chalitza. Even if she does chalitza and she's not allowed to stay married to, to her husband, okay, that's the halacha. But the halacha is that we follow the position of Rishim, Rishim Ben Gamaliel. Rishim Ben Gamaliel says that we're not sure or not whether... It's a healthy baby from birth. and so Therefore, we require Chalitza. There's no difference whether she married a non-Kohen or whether she married a Kohen. So, and the, he also says this in the name of Ravah. So, Amr Lehi Ravina, the first opinion, who said that we are more lenient in, in these scenarios of, of an emergency, of a real need. So he says to Rav Misharshye, who's the second opinion, he says, salam rabba, ha-chi, He says, you're right. Ravah said like you. He was he was he also said that you require Chalitza even if she would marry a Kohen, but she, that's what he said at night. But he changed his mind the next morning. In the morning, he, he followed the position that we could be lenient and not require chalitza if she were married to Kohen because it's a, it's a time of need um, and because we want her to stay married to her new husband. Uh, and therefore, we could follow the position of the chalitza. Rav Misharshi says back to Ravina, some, uh, basically, he uh, says, Amar Lei Sharisu, he says, You're going to allow this. You're going to really allow her to, to stay married to the Kohen and not to do chalitza. He has a line here where he says that you're going to end up allowing other things also. You're going to allow permissible, you're going to make uh, forbidden fat, animal fats permissible. He says, how could you allow this? You're, you're going against, uh, against uh, our, uh, our, uh, the, the law. You're going against the law to say that uh, it should be the same rule for whether or not she marries a Yisrael or she marries a Cohen. It should be the same rule. You know, if the, if the repercussions are such that if she's married to a Cohen, she has to uh, get divorced. Okay, that's the law. And so he says, that the law is the law. And that's the response back from Rosh Shia to Ravina. But Ravina is of the position that we could be lenient in the sense that we could follow the position of the Chachamim uh, in the case of an Ashi's Kohen because it's a case of, of real need. So now we come on to our question. So now we come back to our topic. What is our topic? Our topic is about somebody who went against the rules and married somebody who's pregnant, a woman who's pregnant or a woman who's nursing, and the Chachamim say they have to get divorced and wait until uh, until two years after birth, uh, but in that scenario also, are we lenient in a case of where she married, where the husband is a kohen? Because if the husband is a kohen, once they get divorced, they can no longer remarry even after twenty four months. So, mm-hmm. do we have a, Because this is a case of khak, This is a case of a real a real need. Do we say that we're more lenient in this case? When when a Kohen marries somebody who is pregnant or nursing, so Amarlei, so Rav Hoshaya. The whole question was asked to Rav Hoshaya. He responds, no, there is no difference. Why? Even according to Ravino, who said that there was a difference in the other case. In the other case, where uh, it was a scenario of Yibum and the baby died within the first thirty days. <speaking in Hebrew> God, Cohen came to Abdinam, I understand over there in that case. It's not like we're saying we're just going to be lenient for the sake of being lenient because we want them to stay married. No. What we're saying is that there's another position. We follow another position. We could follow the position of the Rabbanim, of the Chachamim. The Chachamim argue on and say, we view the baby as a healthy baby because we follow the majority. Rav Shemul argues and says that it's a suffix. It's a, it's a question. We don't know. But the the Rabbanan, they are of the position that it's really a healthy baby. If it's a healthy baby, we do not require Chalitza. And as the Ritva explains, the idea is is that really, we follow the position of the Chachamim always. We really always follow the position of the Chachamim. However, we want it to be stringent. And so we said that if if we're able to be stringent, we should be stringent like Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. But in a case where we can't be stringent, because she married a Kohen, and then if they did Chalitza, she can no longer stay married to her husband. So therefore we fall back on the position that we really follow. The idea is that we really follow that position. And so therefore we fall back on the position of the Chachamim to say that we do not require Khalita. But in our case, of al Haqqa Kaman Navid, but in our case of violating the rules and, and marrying somebody who is uh, a woman who is nursing or she's pregnant, so then according to both opinions, Chachamim and her mayor, they both say you have to get divorced. There's not a single opinion that says you do not have to get divorced. Everyone says you have to get divorced. So the idea is that in the time of need we're not, we, don't, we don't just throw aside halacha. We don't throw aside halacha in a time of need but we follow the position that really we always follow just sometimes we're more stringent to follow other positions but we always have to follow halacha. So in this case according to all positions you have to get divorced. Ikir meir ha'amar according to mayor, he says that we give them a fine they have to get divorced they cannot even remarry. And v'ikir ha'banan ha'am rebeget and if you follow the position of the rabbanan the other position when they marry somebody who's nursing so we say they have to get divorced they could wait 24 months and then remarry, but they would have to get divorced according to all opinions they have to get divorced. so there's not even a room there's not even an option to be lenient when the Cohen is the mar- is the one who marries somebody who is nursing or pregnant because even if you want to be lenient because it's a time of need it's a time of chak. it's a very important rule we can only be lenient because we're following the position that we really hold. It's just that in, in, in other cases where it's not a time of need we try to be more stringent. But we always fall back if we have to. We fall back on the position that we really hold of. But in this case, where the kohen marries somebody who is nursing or is pregnant, there is no option to fall back on. Everybody agrees that you have to get divorced, and so therefore, in that scenario, even the kohen would have to get divorced, and they cannot remarry. Unfortunately, because uh, because there's a rule that the kohen cannot uh, marry somebody who is divorced, and, they, and we made them get divorced. Okay. That is that topic. We have a few more minutes, and so I wanted to start the next topic, a totally new topic. But we'll just start the next topic. The Gemara now uh, will focus for the rest of the blot, for the rest of the page. We'll fo- focus on the last case of the Mishnah. The last case of Mishnah was a case where they did Yibum. Again, it was a scenario where uh, a husband passed away without any children. The wife should have done. It, it should have been a scenario where we needed to do Yibum or However, uh However, we don't know either. We don't know whether she's pregnant or she is pregnant. The Mishnah says we don't know whether or not she's pregnant and let's say uh, they did Yibam already and without us knowing that that she was pregnant. And she ends up having a child. So the case, the last case of the Mishnah is where they did Yibam, the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law they did Yibam, they had sexual relations and he did it within the first three months. And so now she has a child. And we don't know, in the times of the Gemara, we don't know whether that child comes from her first marriage or from the second marriage. We just don't know if it comes from the first marriage or the second marriage. Uh, so because it might come from the first marriage, therefore he's not, she's not allowed to stay married to her brother-in-law. Her brother-in-law, there's no mitzvah of yibum if, if the child came from the first marriage, they would have to get divorced. So the Mishnah says you have to get divorced. Not only do you have to get divorced, uh, you also have to bring a korban, a sin offering, but not a regular sin offering, a sin offering that you bring in a questionable situation because we're not sure if they if they really uh, violated a prohibition of marrying your brother-in-law, of having sexual relations with your brother-in-law and sister-in-law because it's possible that the child is from... The second marriage is from the, from the Yibam itself. It's possible that the child is from the Yibam itself. And so therefore, we're not sure whether a person sinned or not in this scenario. very interesting scenario. And so therefore, they have to bring a, the sin offering that one brings in a questionable scenario. Of, it's referred to as an ashram tali. The child himself, says the Mishnah, the child is perfectly fine. Either the child comes from the first marriage or there's a Mitzvah to the Yibam and it comes from the Yibam. So the the child is certainly not uh, the, the product of, a, of an... Of a forbidden relationship, because either way, it's from a from a fine relationship. We just don't know if the child is from the first from the first marriage or from the evedim. So the Gemara says as follows: Itmar, kitcha u'shlosha u'barach. Oh, sorry. There's a few, still a few more lines uh, in the Gemara before we get to, to the next mission. So let's read that quickly. Itmar, kitcha b'soch shlosha Ubarach. What happens in the following scenario? A person does not follow the rules of. Of havchana, which is to wait three months between a marriage. This is just a separate point. That between a marriage, there's a rule, it's in order to know who the child is, you have to wait three months. So they got engaged, halachically engaged. They never had sexual relations, and the husband just ran away. Seemingly, he ran away so that they wouldn't have sexual relations, so that they would follow the rules of havchana. So, but he violated the, the law that they, they're not allowed to get engaged. He, he got, they got engaged, but they never had sexual relations, and he ran away. So pligibar there's a machlokas. One opinion says that they, they violated the law and we put a ban on him. We even put a ban on him. The other opinion says, no, running away suffices. The fact that he ran away, that suffices. And that's, in fact, the opinion that we follow. And we recommend that it even prevents divorce. You don't even have to get divorced. Uh, you would, you'd just be able to run away. Have There was even a story where Rafram said, you're allowed to run away. That uh, that that running away works uh, so that you don't have to get divorced, and uh, because you're not going to have sexual relations, because you are so far away from the city uh, that you're not with the woman that you got engaged to, even though there was a violation to begin with, because we need to have that three month uh, time period to separate between one marriage and another marriage, and you got engaged during those three months, you violated it, uh, and in general, we'll say that you have to get divorced and wait those three months by running away. It's another option, and you could just you could just run away. Okay. Returning back to our case. Uh, to, returning back to our case of the Mishnah, of the Suffolk, the situation of a Suffolk bentisha, of where the child uh, is either from the first marriage, there is a, it's a viable, healthy child, but we're not sure if it's from the first marriage or the second marriage, because they did yibom within the first three months, essentially, they did yibom against the law, they should, should not have, but they did yibom within the first three months. Uh, so, the Gemara says as follows, And we'll go a little bit over 20 minutes because there's a lot on this daf on this page. So I just want to make sure that we cover uh, enough in each recording. So, And the Rav says to Rav Nachman, I don't understand. He says, I don't understand. We have this child. We're not sure if it's from the first marriage or from the yibum itself because the yibum took place within the first three months. But we should go based on the majority. There's a rule in Allah to go based on the statistical majority. The majority is that most women give birth uh, at the end of uh, by not at the end of nine months they give birth at the end of nine months so we should go back nine months and we'll know that it's coming from the first marriage why don't we follow the road, the majority so Amalei the Shiva he responds by saying our women they give birth at seven months the reason why he says seven months is because in the times of the Gemara it's a whole separate discussion if if a woman gives birth in eight months it was viewed in those days as an unhealthy unhealthy baby uh, so uh, he says seven months our women give birth at seven months it's not not true that they give birth in nine months so, Amalei he says. He responds back by saying (laughs) just because you're women in your little town, they give birth uh, in seven months. That shouldn't impact the law that applies, a universal law that applies across the board to the entire world. The majority in the world give birth at the end of nine months so we should follow the the majority and we can figure out who the father is and which marriage marriage the child comes from. So he responds as follows. Interesting idea. He says, (laughs) This is what I meant to say. I didn't mean to say that we should follow the fact that uh, women give birth at the end of seven months in my town. This is what I meant to say. The majority give birth at nine months, the minority by seven months. We have a majority. We should follow the majority that most women give birth at nine months. And in general, we would follow that majority. However, the case of our mission where we say it's a suffolk, it's a questionable scenario, is a situation... Where after three months, uh, we didn't see, it wasn't clear that in general, we say that after three months you can notice when a woman is pregnant. It's easily easy to notice, but we weren't able to notice it. Uh, uh, three months in, we were not able to notice it. So the fact that she was not able, we didn't notice it three months in, that, that puts into question the fact that this is a, a, a baby that, that was born after nine months because we didn't see the fact that she was pregnant within the first three months. It creates what we refer to as a reyasa, it weakens the rogue, it weakens the statistical majority. The Gemara just asks, The Gemara says, if it's really true that everyone who gives birth in nine months, you could tell uh, that she's pregnant within the first three months, so the fact that you couldn't tell this time, should prove to us the other way. Should prove to us that it's really, that this baby was born, not in nine months, but in seven months. So the Gemara says, no, it doesn't mean every case. It doesn't mean every case. It means that most of the time, if you give birth in nine months, you can recognize that she's pregnant within the first three months. In this case, we did not recognize. It, it was not able. We're not, we didn't see that she. We couldn't recognize that she was pregnant within the first three months because we couldn't see it. So therefore, that puts into question. It doesn't make it automatically that the baby was born in seven months to the yavam to, the yavim, to the next uh, in the next marriage. But it puts into question the robe. It puts into question the statistical majority that this baby was born uh, full term. In nine months, it puts it, it puts it into question because we didn't see, It wasn't. we weren't able to notice that she was pregnant after three months. So because we were not able to notice, so now it's a case of a suffolk. This is a bona fide suffolk, a questionable, uh, it's really a question. We don't know whether this baby was born after nine months and therefore to the first husband or after seven months to the yavum to the second husband. So it becomes an open question And that's the case of our Mishnah. The case of our Mishnah is with this open question, and we will discuss, the rest of the Gemara will discuss this very interesting case of where we don't know whether or not uh, this child is from the first marriage or from the Yavam after Yivam.